Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On the evening of May 3rd, 2007, the sleepy resort town of Praia da Luz in Portugal was thrown into chaos. A three-year-old girl had vanished from her family's holiday apartment while her parents dined at a nearby restaurant. The little girl was Madeline McCann. And what followed was an unprecedented international search effort that capitalized the world and turned the McCanns into household names. I'm Nicole. I'm Ben. And this is Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Warning. The following podcast contains graphic content and materials intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. The double. You wouldn't even tell who was who. You wouldn't. You did a good job. You nailed that one. I've been practicing. <laughs> I mean, that's not something to flex <laughs> on usually. That generally just means you're an alcoholic. I'm just kidding. I haven't been practicing. Yes, you have been. Don't well, lie. I guess. Okay, cheers. Cheers. This is the last time we're going to talk about Ben being done. Because. Ben's done. I'm done. It's it. I, I quit my nine to five uh, with the help of all you amazing, awesome people out there. I am pursuing owning my own company and Wicked and Grim and podcasting is uh, a piece of that. Yeah. Okay. What did we, what did we keep saying to each other? Cause I think it was from a movie. We can't remember what movie it was, but it's, it's basically in there. I think they're on a date and got one person's like, I'm an entrepreneur. And then the chick's like, so you're unemployed. Well, yeah. Right? Or yeah. you're not employed. Yeah, she's or like you're... she's like, so you're unemployed? And he's like, no, I'm an entrepreneur. And she's like, so you're unemployed. <laughs> I can't remember what that's from, but yeah. I feel like how Justin that, how it goes. Justin Timberlake is in that scene, I'm pretty sure. Unless I really oh, am making shit. Oh up. shit. Um that that was the Facebook movie. Mm, mm-hmm. What what's it fucking called? Oh, I can't remember. We actually just watched it recently. We did. You guys know what movie we're talking about. Justin Timberlake and <laughs> Oh, I forget his name too. He plays the Facebook dude. Oh, <laughs> I am blanking wow. on names right now. Anyways, it's the one about Facebook and how it all got started and everything. <laughs> ben is like really, really tired. So it's probably good that I'm um, presenting this case today. Probably. My sleep schedules are all over the place. It hasn't been normal last few days. I'm exhausted, but You hit the excited. gym for the first time in months. Yes. <laughs> am I allowed to make fun of you of that? Go for it. I'm super sore. So <laughs> Yeah. But you're back at it. That's all that matters. Yes. So. And uh, yeah, it's it's exciting what's going to be coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. This week marks the uh, the official start of it all. It sure does. This dun, 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 because it's probably um, needing that dramatic effect music. 
this alcoholic beverage that I'm drinking currently is fucking amazing. It's actually distracting me every time I take a sip. The way you held your can up and said, this alcoholic (laughs) beverage, it just pictured me seeing you in a stand being like, I love this alcoholic beverage. (laughs) Go generic sports team. Like, you know, it was just like so nondescript. Oh my gosh. With no copyright. So good. It's it's a vodka soda. Verve, I think it's called. I've never had this. Wild strawberry lemon. Fantastic. Like, holy shit. Huh? So you're going to be buying those more often is what you're saying? I think so. And I'm kind of disappointed now that I'm presenting because I don't know if I'll be able to drink this whole thing while it's cold. Just got to get you a straw so you can just like have it sit in your mouth as you're reading and slowly sip away. Could you imagine? Just an (laughs) IV maybe. Just hook it into your veins. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Should do it. So we have some uh, patrons to thank. We do. Again, we have quite a few this week. Thank you so freaking much. And uh, they're going to be subject to some awesome stuff coming out on Patreon well, starting the day you're listening to this podcast, because it's about to get revamped, reworked with me going full time. So, well, yeah, we actually already have something new we're putting out today. We do. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. You're going to have to go check it out, though, if you want to know what it is. Well, we'll talk about it a bit at the end, too. We, so. Oh, we will? Okay. Okay. Sure. We'll do that then. Um, for now, though, we got to thank the people that signed up this past week. So we have James Bamsey, Crystal Harvey, Courtney Garner, Jessica Mori. Trisha Leach, Tor S, Alexia, I'm going to probably say her last name wrong, even though she gave us a description on how to say it right, Valenzuela, I, I, I know I said that wrong, Valenzuela, Valenzuela, I'm butchering this, <laughs> I'm doing so bad, I'm sorry, Alexia, um, and then also Lindy V. You gave it your best effort. That's all that anyone Hold on. Uh, my for, eyes right? are like tired and I can't even see my You need glasses too. I just got to throw that out there. I think I do. Alexia Valenzuela. Okay. Valenzuela. Alexia Valenzuela. There we go. I think I nailed it on the last okay. one. Okay. I think. Well, you can let us know. I even tried to get Google <laughs> to help me out and it was just you not. You did actually. It wasn't making a difference. Much to everybody's disbelief, we do use Google. The only difference between... <laughs> us and Google the other pronounce or whatever you want to call it yeah the whole like text-to-speech thing the, the difference between us and other podcasts is we just don't edit out and we just own it and maybe we trouble. should sometimes or also i think a lot of podcasts i've been listening to um well i don't actually listen to a shit ton of podcasts but they um bake it bake till it. they me till they make it and yeah. like i'll be listening and i'm like that's freaking wrong yeah that's but not they pronounce think. it so well and they don't like overthink it that it's like boom yeah yeah, they just pretend that they're saying it right. Yeah. Well, when it especially comes to patrons, I am not going to sit here and pretend I know how to say their name correctly, you know? So I will apologize but that is when a, I butcher it. It's, that was a cool name. So there you go. I feel like if you have a hard pronounced name, maybe it's a cool name. Maybe. Our maybe names, that's, our that's names are key. not hard to pronounce. Ben and Nicole. That's about Gibson. as standard and white <laughs> as you get. Okay, but the amount of times. Okay, we're going to start here in one sec. The amount of times, though, I get asked, how do you spell your first and last name? Mostly the last. Like, people that actually don't know how to spell it. Well, because with Gibson, there could be two Bs. I guess. And, like, Nicole, sometimes there can be an H. Yeah. But I sometimes they generally, I think, don't know. Do you ever get asked how to spell Ben? I, actually, yes. But they're thinking it's Benjamin, Benjamin, right? yes. Yeah. There are some stories about that that I'm not going to dive into, but uh, <laughs> yeah, some people can fuck off. I know my own name. Tell me that that's just as far as I'll go. Are you sure it's Ben? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So let's dive into this case here. Uh, today we're talking about Madeline McCann. I just shivered. Oh. Before you said the name, not after. Okay. <laughs> this case, this case actually, um, I mean, a lot of cases are very interesting, but this one I find very interesting and just like, I don't know. This one in pulls particular? Pulls my heartstrings. Yeah. So Madeline McCann is a name we've heard a lot about, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Especially recently with the recent controversy, but we'll get around to that closer to the end. There's been a lot of coverage on this case and a lot of opinions, but we're going to try our very best to stick to the facts. So Madeline Beth McCann was born on May 12th, 2003 in Leicester, England. Her parents, um, Gerald or Jerry, I'm going to refer to him as Jerry. Fair enough. And Kate McCann were both doctors. And shortly after they had Madeline, they had a set of twins as well. In May 2007, Jerry and Kate were going on a holiday to Portugal with their three children, but they weren't just going as a family. They were actually going with nine adults and eight children. Like, wow. a, that's a gang and a half. That's a whole gaggle of people. Yeah. So they were all going to Praia da Luz to spend some time together. The adults all knew each other in some way, with a lot of them being doctors like the McCanns. They would later be dubbed to the media as the Tapas Seven because they dined together in the resort's tapas restaurant most evenings. Being that all were vacationing in the same apartment complex, this meant that the adults could all pitch in to help look after each other's children and they could make use of the hotel's daycare center and night care as well. Oh, that's handy. That is handy, isn't it? I do have to say though, being known as like the Tapas Seven, that's interesting. <laughs> Like, I'm sure there was a phase in my life where if I got murdered or something <laughs> and they come to my house, I'd be known as like the Domino's box guy because of the stack of Domino's pizzas like in the garage and stuff. We, no. We used to oh, have a good stack. Yeah. There we, was. When good, we lived on the at the other house because you could get delivery. We can't get delivery where we are now. And when we collected the little tabs off the boxes, <laughs> we were, got like free pizza <laughs> so often. You were pissed when they took that away. I was. Because of COVID. COVID ruined a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so the McCann's had apartment 5A, which was one of the two ground floor apartments in that particular building. And another of the families from their group had the other. But the McCann's apartment was a little bit different. Their front, bleh, their front door opened up onto the street outside the hotel complex. And their balcony could be accessed by climbing up some steps. The patio door around the back of the apartment opened up onto the hotel's pool, the tennis courts, and the restaurant and the bar. So they were like, you know, I feel like almost the it place. You could just get everywhere from. No kidding. It was a very centralized location by the sound of it. Yeah. And I mean, you have like, I mean, it's good to have uh, access and egress on your balcony for fire hazard situations. <laughs> oh, Mr. Safety over there, hey, right? Not anymore. Just saying. <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that is always a plus. However, you got to make sure you are locking that access. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, do. So this was the only way into the apartment that could be seen from the inside of the hotel complex. Okay. The patio door. Sorry. We kind of chatted in between there. So that piece of information is important that you could see that the patio door faced kind of the resort. Okay. And then from the resort, you could see into their apartment through the patio doors well kind of the adults kind of claimed that i think so okay because the adults of the group 
put the children to bed around 7 p.m. every night. They then would go to the tapas restaurant at 8.30. They specifically asked for a certain table every night so that they could see the apartments from the restaurant. But the children were left alone when the adults went for dinner. Okay. How old were the kids? Sorry. Do we get there yet here? Sorry. Am I getting ahead of myself? They're pretty young, actually. Well, because Madeline is three, like almost four. Yeah. And the boys, the twins are younger. Okay. So. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty sketchy to be leaving alone. Even if you could just see the windows of your apartment, that's, that's kind of not okay. So we're touching on the first <clears throat> controversial point in the case. Yeah. Um, the restaurant that the group ate at every night was about 55 meters away from the apartments, but only if you could walk in a single straight line. To actually get to the restaurant from 5A, you had to go out, out onto the main street and go down the street, meaning that you had to walk close to 100 meters to get there. And the group could actually only see the top of the apartment buildings, not the patio door and definitely not the front door from where they were sitting but they had their own way of making sure the children were all right. This is what their way was. Okay. About every half an hour, one of the parents from each family would go and check on the children. Okay. All right. I mean, so that's... every half an hour, they one of the sets of parents would leave the restaurant and go check on their kids. Okay. I mean, that's not perfect, but that's that's not bad. I'm going to make the uh, devil's advocate argument here of um, say. The kids having an afternoon nap and parents who are like, I would never leave my kid at home alone. Sure, you're right. But your kid's having an afternoon nap. You might be out in the backyard gardening, might not be in the house to hear, pop in the house every half an hour or so. I don't see a whole lot of a difference, really. I mean, there is a little bit of a difference, but not a It's a little bit more of a journey. It is. But, but they're, because what I see is if they're sitting in a restaurant they can't, they might be able to see the windows if lights go on or something like that. Typically, you'd think. But if you're going into the building, that's when you'd hear crying, for example. Mm -hmm. You couldn't hear that from the restaurant. No, absolutely not. You probably wouldn't be able to hear crying, say, if you're in the backyard gardening or something like that, too. I mean, chances are you might, but not always. There's situations where it might be similar to you might as well be across the street in a restaurant. Yeah. So I'm not saying that what they're doing is good, but I'm saying that at least they have a solid plan on how to take care of it and make it a better situation. Yeah, they're making they're making somewhat of effort. Yes. But I think I don't know, nowadays I'm just thinking that you couldn't do that. No, no. Right? I'm, I'm, I mean, but this isn't that long ago. This was in like 2007. No, well, so. I'm not saying they should do that. I'm saying 100%. They they should not be doing this. Yeah. However, it's not like they're that far off from what people do on a regular basis anyways. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. I mean, what they could have just done is one night, maybe the guys go out for dinner and the next night the girls go out for dinner or, or something, right? Just yeah. switch it up. Exactly. Or they put all the kids in one room and like one person just has to stay. Or bear with me here. This is a stretch. I know <laughs> they get a babysitter. <laughs> well, yeah, because the place did apparently have a care center. Exactly. So right? I don't know. Okay, so about every half an hour, one of the parents from each family would go check on the kids. So meaning that on May 3rd, 2007, the first check happened at about 9 p.m. From the McCanns, Gary or Jerry, where did Gary come from? Jerry <laughs> went first. Good old Gary. 
they had decided, you're not going to like this part here. They had decided to use the patio door to get to the restaurant that night. That was because the children slept in the room closest to the front door, which the McCanns kept locked, and they were afraid that going in and out that way would wake up the children. But that also meant that the patio door that opened up to the living room had to stay unlocked because it only locked from the inside of the apartment. Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah, that kind of just makes me shiver a little. No. Rule number one of any sort of horror movie always says that you lock your patio door when you are anywhere. Mm -hmm. Lock your doors. Lock your doors. Hide your kids, hide your wife, lock your doors, right? (laughs) So Jerry went into the apartment and went to the door to the children's bedroom. The twin twins were in travel cots in the middle of the room and Madeline was in a bed close to the bedroom door and opposite the only window in the room. The window faced the main street, not the hotel complex. But the metal shutter was down, and the only way to open it was from the inside. The children were asleep. Madeline was wrapped in bed with her comfort blanket, her toy, her toy called Cuddle Cat, and was wearing a pair of white and pink pajamas. I hate the descriptions of that kind of shit, eh? I almost yeah. not even want to put them in. That's because I know why the so description innocent. is there, too. Yeah. The only thing that really stood out to Jerry that particular trip to check on the children was that he remembered mostly closing, but not fully closing, the door to the bedroom, and now it was actually completely open. He did the same thing again, though, mostly closed the door to the bedroom, but nothing seemed out of place. There was also a children's gate between the bedroom and the rest of the apartment, and that was still closed. So Jerry let things be and went back to the restaurant. One of the adults of the group, a woman named Jane Tanner, had also gone up to check on her children at the same time. She remembers seeing, I want to see Gary every time now. This is going to fuck with me. Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. She remembers. Just don't say it in the mirror three times, otherwise he'll show up. (laughs) She remembers seeing Jerry outside 5A talking to another British person on holiday, but she also remembers seeing someone else. At around 9.15, Jane spotted a man carrying a young child and heading east away from the building. The man looked to be in his mid-30s to early 40s with dark hair and dark eyes. Jane said that he looked like he was either Southern European or Mediterranean. Only about an hour later, this sighting would become hugely important because the child he'd been carrying had been wearing similar pajamas as Madeline. Around 9.30, when it came time to do the next rounds of checks, it was Kate's turn. She got up, but the father from the family next door in 5B, Matthew Oldfield, offered to check in on the McCann's children while he was checking in on his own. Kate sat down, and Matthew went to the par- to the apartment instead. He first checked on his own children, and then went into 5A. There he found the door to the children's bedroom, Again, wide open, but he didn't go in. He had a quick look into the room, but he couldn't hear anything. It sounded like the children were still fast asleep, so he turned around and left. That put the next check at 10 p.m., and this time Kate did go herself to check on them. Kate left the restaurant and entered the apartment through the unlocked patio door. The first thing she noticed was that the door to the children's room was wide open, and when she went to close it, the door actually slammed in her face. 
She opened it again, realizing that it actually closed because of a draft. The shutter on the window inside the room was up and the window was open and Madeline was not in her bed. That is a moment where any parent, their heart would absolutely sink. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy shit. What I just, I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's not the case, but I'm going to just talk about this anyways. The sighting of the individual carrying the the, the child away in the similar pajamas. Mm-hmm. What if it was literally just some dude and his kid was just also wearing these like pink pajamas? He's carrying his kid somewhere. It was. Oh, it was? I'm going to say that later, but it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was literally someone picking up their kid from that care center and going back. Hashtag called it. So, <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling we were going to get onto this and it was like, no, it was actually the dude. That's where I thought you were going to be going. But uh, I was like, what if it's just some fucking dude and his some kid? Random, what, yeah, some random dude also yeah. on holiday picking up his child and going home. I mean, how many little girls have like pink and white pajamas? A lot, I would assume. Yeah. So I would assume any father carrying his kid to and from a daycare or to the apartment or whatever – their kid falls asleep on the road trip or in his arms or whatever. It's just. Because it was late. Yeah. I have pink and white pajamas for God's sakes. So. Yeah, you do. So there you yeah. go. So it was just a dad carrying their kid. Yeah. But that's not to say that uh, Madeline's still not missing. So both of the twins were still fast asleep, but Madeline wasn't anywhere in the apartment. And Kate went straight into panic mode. She briefly searched the apartment and then ran back towards the restaurant, screaming, Madeline's gone. Someone has taken her. Both the group that the McCanns were traveling, or both, oh yeah, I did say that right. The group that the McCanns were traveling with and the hotel staff sprang into action. The hotel staff too, hey? Oh yeah, they had like a protocol thing. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. That's really good. Procedures are important. (laughs) Oh, wow. See, coming from the safety professional background, procedures. They are. They are very important. Yeah, Yeah, they are. I mean, I'm assuming that kids have gone missing from the resort before, potentially not to this degree, but like they wandered off while they're at the pool or something, right? Well, and that's why minimizing the risk, assessing the hazardous situations where it can happen and making sure you have a procedure in place in the event of you can follow it. Exactly. Not to mention you're also going to do an investigation afterwards to ensure that you can follow up on any risks and hazards and minimize them even further. So that would be probably making sure your patio door is locked and have not have your children alone. Yeah. Right? Procedure for your house. Lock your doors. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. There you go. We yeah. started your procedure for you. Print and it I out. Mean, post it. We're just saying facts here. We're trying not to judge or not judging because like no one ever in scenarios like you're on vacation, you're like with your friends, you're enjoying yourself. You're never going to be like. Especially in that situation when you're relaxed, thinking of probably about worst case scenarios, right? So, oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm they kinda, never wanted this to happen. No, no, I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious here and just kind of going over the top. No one's ever going to be perfect. We don't expect everyone to lock everything in their mm-hmm. house every single day. Half the time, our front door isn't locked. Yeah. <laughs> just say, way to just share that with everyone. Okay, just now kidding. we're going to be locking it. <laughs> Okay, so by 10.10, the police had been called, and by 10.30, the hotel initiated its missing children's protocol, putting every available staff member on searches throughout the entire hotel complex, and they continued searching until 4.30 in the morning. And I think a lot of actual uh, hotel guests also kind of joined the search, which is good. Nice. Good for them. 
So the first two officers arrived at 11.10. They did a brief search and called for backup at midnight with those people arriving at 1 in the morning. The first person they tried to track down was that man that Jane Tanner had seen around 9.15, especially because Matthew Oldfield couldn't remember if he'd specifically seen Madeline when he checked in on the children around 9.30, which is shitty. Yeah, but I can't blame them. No. Because well. like half the time when people are checking on their kids, they'll just like listen in at the door. Because then you don't want to accidentally wake them. Exactly. So I can't blame them for that whatsoever. Yeah. But I mean, it kind of sucks that they didn't exactly know when the kids, yeah, the, when Madeline had let, gone, the, right? The time frame is much more than it could have yeah. been. Yeah. So, but the man the police were searching for was one of many people um, witnesses saw around the apartment building. Some witnesses recalled seeing an ugly blonde man in around the hotel in days leading up to that night. Wow, that's a description. A shitty description to have for yourself. Watch, it's just some other dude just staying there on vacation. Oh, yeah, there's this ugly blonde man that's been hanging around and he's just like around the corner listening to this. Just oh, being that's like, so Ow. sad. Poor uh, ugly blonde man. Feel for him. Several witnesses remember seeing a group of suspicious looking men pre- pretending to actually be charity workers. Another another couple reported seeing a man carrying a child wearing light colored pajamas. And I'm not certain if this is the same man. This is a different couple reporting it. So it could be a different individual. This one was approximately 500 yards from the McCann's apartment and was heading towards the beach. And that was around 10 that night. So I think it's a different man. But and who knows, this could be the man that had Madeline. 500 yards. That's a long ways. Yeah, because that man, the the Jane person saw the kid at 9.15, and that one was deemed to be a, like, also holiday person. Okay. And so I'm assuming that person probably wasn't 500 yards away, so I'm thinking this is a different, Fair different enough. spotting. But yeah. So some of these men were tracked down. Some of them were actually already on police's radar because the area was experiencing a peak of burglaries at the time. The block the McCanns were staying on had two break-ins in the 17 days before Madeline's disappearance, but no one could find the man that Jane Tanner claimed to have seen at 9.15, and there were more than a few reasons for it. In those, I've already spilled the beans on that, but I'm just going to continue on the fucking story. Fair enough. Just go with your (laughs) script for now. So in those very critical first hours of Madeline disappearance the police response was questionable and i hate when we have to say that but we're just giving facts here so they arrived late even though they were within close proximity they didn't inform the border or the marine police right away of the situation or give them a description of madeline's appearance are you kidding yeah on a fucking missing child yeah where chances are if they have been kidnapped the person is literally fleeing fleeing, running away with them yeah so so those people should have been on alert for this right oh yeah that's the first thing you want to do is make sure you inform everyone in the area to be on the lookout yeah they didn't do house-to-house searches in the area and they didn't set up roadblocks until 10 the following morning but that unfortunately wasn't all they did wrong well what the fuck did they do They also didn't interview everyone staying and working at the hotel. And to top it all off, the crime scene didn't get secured properly. Samples taken from the room came back with DNA belonging to an unidentified person. 
But by the time the samples had been sent to the lab, about 20 people had been in and out of the apartment. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So that's like a lot of things that could have messed up this investigation. No kidding. I mean, unless you're able to identify and track exactly who's been in and out and why yeah. and everything, then you it would take a lot of time and resources, but you'd be able to weed them out then. But still, holy fuck. Okay. Yeah. I know, because I don't think they were really even tracking that. Like, they probably didn't know which 20 were in there, like, which hotel staff were in there. Like, yeah. Fucking you know? Steve, the bellhop who's been here for a week, he's up there for who knows what. Well, everyone's frantic, and I'm sure all the hotel staff were, like, frantic and trying to help. And Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm just... Well, yeah, I'm not saying, but it, it's just a shitty situation. Yeah. Who knows who's gone, and if they haven't secured it properly, like... Someone just wandering in there for weird odds and ends reasons that probably people don't even know if they're being, they're actually in there. No. Yeah. So they know probably about 20 people. There's probably 20 plus. Yeah. Cause lots of times you, um, what's the word, but if you're like in the wrong, you, how oh, I can't think of the word, but you lesser it, lesser the blow than it actually should be right oh what's the word oh i know what you're trying to say but i did, I don't know if i know the word you're thinking of at uh, all yeah, i don't know but you're trying to like say like oh instead of being like i only did this i or, only or i spent 500 bucks but then you actually spend a thousand yeah so <laughs> when you come home from a shopping spree i didn't spend that much it was only 500 bucks look at the receipts it was actually a thousand yeah there you go that's that's a good analogy <laughs> moving on Jerry and Kate tried to take matters into their own hands, and they tried to keep the momentum building on Madeline's case. Jerry's plan was to use the media to keep the public aware of his daughter's disappearance, so the tips and leads could keep on coming. But what happened was something rarely seen before. Jerry hired a team of PR consultants from Britain and had them come to Praia, Praia del Luz. almost said that wrong. The consent, the constant media attention worked in keeping the public talking about and searching for Madeline. That's good. But it created a lot of tension between the McCanns and the local police. The police argued that the constant media presence and the journalists in and around the area were getting in the way of the investigation were actually hurting Madeline's case. I have a counter argument for that. What investigation? <laughs> oh, you went there, hey? I did. You went there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The tension ended up rising so high that the British government ended up sending its own press officers to try to manage the situation. But the outpour of support from the public was huge. Already by May 15th, only 12 days after Madeline had gone missing, the McCanns had created a fund named Madeline's Fund, leaving no stone unturned. The fund's website had over 58 million hits on the first two days it was live. Holy shit. And the fund created a place where people could go make donations and support the search. Wow. 
So that is pretty impressive. No kidding. Um, the fund ended up paying for the McCanns to follow leads in other Portuguese cities and even sent them to Holland, Germany, and Morocco. By May 30th, the McCanns were flown out to Rome, where they got to meet the Pope. But this was was all of this getting them anywhere and finding Madeline. Yeah, I was just wondering, okay, what does that have to do with finding their kid? I'm not really sure, but they were religious. So maybe they were thinking like by going and meeting them and like in some sort of religious ceremony of sorts, like that could Prayers and blessings or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So I don't think I had said in there that they, they were like had religious beliefs. Um, The police believe they found the answers and it was all thanks to Jane Tanner's sighting. (laughs) About 137 meters east from 5A lived 34-year-old Robert Murat, and he was a man that police knew well. Robert was a British property consultant, and when he heard about what had happened just down the street from him, he jumped at the opportunity to help. Robert translated for the police, doing everything he could to get them and the McCanns closer to finding their daughter. That was until he was named an official suspect in Madeline's disappearance. All of this stemmed from him catching the description of the man Jane had seen heading east, carrying a child that night, and because a journalist reported to the police that Robert had been asking about the investigation. So he basically kind of matched that description, and he was asking questions. Yeah, so... And he was known to police, I guess, right? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's reasonable suspicion at that point, so I I can't argue that. Yeah. So his home was searched. Um, He and two of his friends were interviewed, but the police found nothing. Robert said that he'd offered to help because he had a daughter in England around the same age as Madeline, but the police and the public were still not convinced. He was publicly slandered oh fantastic his friend's car was torched and spray painted on the pavement next to it read fala i believe is pronounced which says speak like it means speak in english yeah. so the next thing anyone knew the friends the mccann's had been on holiday with remembered feeling suspicious of robert and witnesses were placing him at the scene too years later Police confirmed the identity of the man Jane had seen that night. He was another British holiday maker. Maker? I don't know. Is that the right word? British holiday maker? That sounds like one of Santa's little elves. I don't know. On holiday. I don't know why I have that in there. Okay. He was uh, another British dude on holidays. Yeah. Who was on his way to his apartment after picking up his daughter from the hotel's night care. So there you go. Called it. Robert and his friends were vindicated and managed to sue for, like, compensation. Good. They collected hundreds of thousands of pounds, but only after enduring years of abuse and suspicions from both the locals and the general public. But if Robert hadn't hadn't taken Madeline, then what had happened to her? Yeah. We're no closer again, right? Yeah, exactly. But I do want to just say... Like um, the police being like, oh, you're interfering with our investigation. And their inter- investigation leads to just slandering someone who's completely innocent. Well, it's really shitty because that guy, I bet, had he had 
from what we know, he had the purest of intentions of just yeah. helping. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, I mean, this is so bad, but just like the world we live in, sometimes you almost don't want to help. Yeah, because then you're implicated. You're part of it and you can get hurt or whatever shape yeah. or form. And you're in the limelight or line of fire. Yeah. Because he had endured that for years, right? Yeah. This is like his name just being shit. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure his reputation, even after the fact, was still tarnished quite a bit. Yeah. Because people don't generally turn around and bring the sunshine your way when you're <laughs> proved innocent, right? It's yeah. usually like, oh, yeah, no, he was like an outcast for a long time. We're just going to still continue to avoid him, especially because we feel bad because we were the one are part of the whole like slandering him group of people. Yeah. You know, so he's just still an outcast, still named tarnished and trying to live a normal life. So Hopefully, poor dude. from what I read, a lot of the reports did say he kind of from numerous means got a lot of money because like articles from different news sources and stuff right like mm -hmm. he was able to kind of get some some compensation from that so hopefully he at least ended up with a chunk of change i guess i just hope that he monetary value or whatever aside i just hope he has a, a normal life yeah i hope this did not affect him negatively uh mentally and all that sort of stuff i hope that just today he's just doing good that's oh, what i hope oh man oh man <laughs> Okay, where are we here? Um, so by then, the police opinion of the McCanns had actually shifted, and they asked for British sniffer dogs to come be brought to the apartment to search. Sniffer dogs? That sounds funny, hey? I think that's what they're called. Um, the one dog was trained to give a reaction to the smell of human blood, and the other to the scent of a human cadaver. And they came back with the results that blew this case wide open. It's interesting. I can't remember which dog was which, but one of them, oh man, I don't know which one, but one of them, when they got what they were supposed to, like, like barked and they, yeah. they only barked kind of when they, yeah, they kind of give their sign or whatever, but I don't know the, the cadaver one, I'm sure. I mean, there's, there's a distinct smell of death, but blood. I mean, what if someone was just like, cutting an ingrown toenail and like oh. drop of blood goes beside the bed or something, yeah, you, you know, lose a lot of blood from that. Cut your finger in the kitchen or stub your toe out in the bathroom hall or like, yeah, the cadaver would kind of maybe show a bit more, I guess. Yeah. Eh? That one I could see, but I'm, I mean, I'm un uneducated in sniffer dogs. Maybe it has <laughs> to be a whole lot of amount for the dog to actually like pick up on it or something. I don't know. Um, the other dog, Vitt's reaction, I think, would just like sit and stare at the spot. Yeah. So they had like different trainings for that. But very interesting. I think that would be such an interesting job to work with one of those dogs. Anything involving <laughs> dogs, you're just like, sign me the fuck Pretty up. Pretty much. The other day, I think I, I told a friend, I was like, we should open a kennel. Ben and I should open a kennel. And she was like, with all your free time, hey? Yeah, no. I was like, we'd be really good at it, though. Yeah, but no. <laughs> um. So both dogs alerted sense behind the sofa in the living room of the apartment they also detected something on the car the mccann's had rented but the mccann's had rented this car a few weeks after madeline had disappeared and it was detect something was detected on madeline's cuddle cat toy so the very next day the portuguese press began running stories about how Jerry and Kate had probably killed Madeline and tried to cover it up. 
But that was at the end of July, and they were already printing what was considered old news. Because by the beginning of June, the international press had turned on the McCanns. Do you remember this? I feel like I remember this happening. I don't, but I'm I'm kind of wavering on some of the stuff with the the dogs. It seems like a uh, I don't know, not a foolproof thing. Almost like a uh, like a polygraph. It's a quasi type science because you're telling me, okay, they had a positive response on a rental car, a rental car. How many other people use this car prior to them? What else happened in this car? As yeah. far as I'm concerned, that one should be out the window. Well, I think they had even said like Madeline's scent of sorts could have been like on the, or no, not on the, that must not have worked because the luggage, her luggage went would probably not have been in there. This car was rented after. So never mind. Take that out. Uh, but this is, <laughs> and then the toy. So we're talking blood and deceased, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have a deceased child holding the toy. Uh, blood maybe. And kids scrape their knees. Yeah. Who knows what? And it could get on there. No problem. Totally. A couch again. Blood. Who knows? Can get on a couch easy enough. What if there's a dead mouse in the wall behind the couch or something? Or someone could have passed away in that that yeah. apartment or something. And we have done cases where the dogs have gotten it wrong before. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm making up different possibilities and what the dogs are actually hitting on. What if they do just straight up get it wrong? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sold on that at all. Yeah. Especially the rental car one. That one's just like it, it's, too far fetched. There's way too many variables in that situation, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, So German, Portuguese, and British papers had been publishing stories suggesting that Jerry and Kate had had something to do with their daughter's disappearance. Some suggested that the whole group were a group of swingers, and they they all actively sedated their children so that they could party undisturbed. Okay. Some suggested that Madeline had died of a result of the sedation, and that was why the whole group was working so hard to cover things up. These claims were somewhat backed up when the Portuguese police shared stories about the remaining McCann children. According to investigators, the twins had stayed asleep all through the night, even when the entire room had turned into a crime scene and people were in and out. Kids can sleep through like extensive things, though. Yeah, can they, they can. not? They can. Surprising things, I feel like. Yes. Um, no, if a kid falls asleep, they have a weird ability, it seems like. some Not all kids, don't get me not wrong. Not all kids. Um, but they have a surprising ability to just sleep through anything. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I feel late. Okay, lately I've been having sleeping issues, which is a new thing. And I sometimes just think about how when you're a kid, like you just like literally get the best fucking sleep <laughs> ever. <laughs> like you just don't wake up and you just actually feel rested when you wake up in the morning and shit. Yeah. And then you get older and you're just like, why does everything hurt? And why can't I fall asleep and get rested? Yeah. And even when you do fall asleep and get rested, you wake up with a new invigoration of tiredness still looming over you. <laughs> Adult life, hey? Yeah. Um, the police also publicly asked why Kate had discovered that one of her children had gone missing and then immediately left after or left her other two children in the room to go and alert the others. That was something she was questioning about. Like, why didn't she just 
shout out to them or phone them on their cell phone or something. Because they were just right there across the street and she wanted to get their help immediately and she yeah. was panicking. That's why. She wasn't thinking clearly. Yeah. 100%. Um, so Jane, Matthew, and the two parents, so four of the nine adults were being questioned in regards to some of their behavior. Jane, who could have allegedly made up her observation altogether of spotting a man carrying a young child. Matthew could have volunteered to check on the children at 930 because he had ulterior motives and actually handed Madeline out to someone on the streets. Jerry for intentionally misdirecting police by giving contradictory statements. And Kate's cries of they've taken her were intentional in order to point the investigator investigators towards a kidnapping rather than a murder um no on that one i'm sorry if an investigation is occurring you should not assume that the parent knows exactly what happened or anyone knows exactly what happens you start from square one yeah you exactly do not, yeah that that's solely on investigators even if she was doing that or not just saying yeah but then there were so many reports too that basically – I mean, there was a lot of reports actually about the parents. And a lot – I think in a lot of interviews and stuff, they like – they portrayed themselves pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, but they were also being like advised to as well because they didn't um, – they were kind of saying like don't show like your fear or your emotion to the person that has potentially kidnapped your kid, right? Yeah. And then also with them being um, doctors, like – I don't know. I feel like doctors lots of times are all like delivering bad news and dealing with like really bad shit often that they may have like a really good coping mechanism. Probably. Right. To like yeah. not show stuff. Yeah. They see death and sad people and like you say, delivering these news all the time. So they probably have that kind of numbness to it yeah. a little bit already inherently built into them. Like it's their own it kid. So it's different. Yeah, but for sure. But they could have a coping mechanism different than just like say you and I maybe. Definitely. And I do want to preface this not to say it um, it isn't possible that the parents aren't responsible. Yeah. I just don't see it. I know. I don't feel like I see it too. But sometimes in like the back of my head, I'm like, oh, could they have? But They could have. But what, what we've been presented with so far, everything seems too far-fetched. Yeah. Now it's possible that that is the truth. It's just like if that is the truth, it's like, holy fuck, that's, that's a very specific way and specific things and odd, odd way for it to be happening. Mm -hmm. I think there's only question in my mind because I remember when the media had kind of turned on them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's in my mind, like just hearing that and being like, holy crap, like could these parents have done this? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, also we have to look at the idea and I'm not saying that uh, investigators or authorities are are bad individuals, but say a certain individual in the in investigation screwed the pooch so bad because clearly the investigation didn't go how it should have in the earlier stages, right? Mm -hmm. What if to get back their own reputation or clear things up, they decided to, well, they're going to chase down what we all know to be the first people to look at, the parents, the the spouse, the husband, yeah. the family members. Yeah. Well, I screwed the pooch so bad, I'm going to put the spotlight on the parents. Clearly it was them. And I'm going to get my career back on track by blaming them and painting them as in the negative light. 
Okay, it's so interesting that you say this. So after this episode's done, we're going to do another like mini episode, like a post episode that we're posting in Patreon. Yeah. Going over like nine different theories out there. And that's literally one of the theories. Yeah. Well, there we yeah. go. So there you go. <laughs> if you want to like divulge in the theories with us, then um, you can do that over on Patreon. Okay. So the Portuguese... Portuguese police announced that Jerry and Kate were suspects in the case. The leading theory being that they'd killed Madeline either intentionally or by accident, hid her body, and then dumped it much later on when everyone was busy looking for a kidnapper. Okay. <laughs> the McCanns ended up leaving Portugal under advice from their legal team, which I'm sure was not easy, being that their little girl had not been found. The Portuguese police continued to leak stories to the press and the public opinion continued to divide. In October 2007, only a month after the McCanns were declared as suspects in the case by Chief Inspector Amriel, Amriel was removed from his post as the inquiry's coordinator. This was part due in his criticism of British police investigators saying they only pursued leads in the McCann's favor and his involvement in a similar case. So the disappearance of Joanna Cipriana was who disappeared on August 12, 2004 at eight years old. So Amriel was accused of having covered up for other officers and convicted of having falsified police documents in the case. He received an 18-month suspended sentence. So Joanna went missing three years earlier and only seven miles from where Madeline went missing. Oh, shit. So like Madeline, she is not yet to be found. But at one point, her mother and her uncle were convicted of her murders. Well, actually, they were convicted of her murder. Her mother later re retracted her confession, saying that she'd only confess because the police had beaten her during her interrogation. It was apparently like a 48-hour interrogation or something. Holy fuck. No, thank you. I know. That's wow. like... Um, highly illegal shit going on with well, that. Yeah, that's just like... I can't even... Unethical. Word. Yes, there you go. So, Amriel was not present during the alleged assault, but that is what I believe he was accused of covering up. Seems like a similar M.O. to Madeline's case, too. Not the police assaulting the parents, per se, but a young girl missing and the family being put to blame by the police. Yeah. Amriel did go on to write a book alle alleging that Madeline had died in an accident in the apartment, and the McCanns went about covering it up by faking an abduction. The McCanns did take legal action against him and his publisher. Wow. Just falsifying information. There's no facts on this shit. And he's just being like, Bleh. yeah, like, and in that book, I was like in and out of courts and stuff, but like tons of copies got sold. Holy which shit. Which is really fucked actually. No kidding. Yeah. But then like some of the, in the case, it was like, that's his freedom of speech. <laughs> and stuff and i'm like actually i don't know if it is because at the time of the investigation he was in a position that shouldn't be able to just like willy-nilly put shit out there yeah and there's a difference between freedom of speech and slander if, yeah if you are out there publishing information in a book as fact that certain people are murderers mm -hmm. that's gonna have implications on their lives that is slandering them yeah 
So you have complete legal action to course or sorry, legal course to take action against that. hundred exactly. percent. If he publishes a book and he says, I feel they're not good people. That's different. That's a personal opinion mm-hmm. as opposed to they are murderers. Here are the facts. What, what facts? It did not go to court. I just feel like the McCanns, the parents just were like drugged through the mud. Hey, it sounds like, like that. it's. So if, I mean, just so, I mean, they had enough stress of their child being missing and now all this additional stress, just, I don't know. It's almost, how would you even survive really? Yeah, that's, that's a good question actually. (laughs) So moving on about a year later in the summer of 2008, the Portuguese attorney general announced that there was no evidence to tie the McCann's to Madeline's disappearance and close the case. What followed in the years after were a lot more theories, a lot more investigations, but ultimately no answers. To this day, no one can positively say without a shadow of a doubt what happened to Madeline and who did it. Though the case has been in the news recently for two reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait, two? I know one. Two reasons. Oh, snap. So first being with Christian Brucker, who is a German national who was emerged recently as the prime suspect in the disappearance of Madeline. He was identified as a suspect in 2017, and in June 2020, German authorities announced that they had evidence suspecting he was responsible, or sorry, suggesting that he was responsible for Madeline's disappearance and her presumed death. So they're basically saying this guy killed her. However, he has yet to be convicted in connection with the case, and the investigation remains ongoing. Dang, but it's okay. very like recent. He's like the the most recent suspect, I guess, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just being that he was kind of in the area at the time, and that he had um, like a past record, kind of of like sexually assaulting tourists and like gotcha. bad shit. So, is he by any chance really ugly and blonde? <laughs> maybe actually is he i don't know i did actually see a photo of him i can't remember if he was blonde or not but he was ugly yeah sure (laughs) yeah yeah let's say yeah i can't like i can picture his face but i can't like picture his face if that makes sense i'm i'm still just picturing some really ugly (laughs) blonde dude out there just really sad i know they're so sad that they just have been reported so many times as being ugly yeah he's just got no friends he's just trying to enjoy his life on vacation and he's just (laughs) people just said yeah i saw this ugly blonde guy now he also has no friends (laughs) yeah poor ugly blonde man oh shit i feel so bad for him oh that is so what if he is a complete asshole though what if he is the sweetest man alive (sighs) anyway moving on the second reason that this has been in the news recently is the recent claim from julia wendell claiming to be madeline mccann so is that the one you know of yes i know of this one though i didn't read many articles on it because i was not wanting to get emotionally attached i was waiting for results yeah i did go down quite a bit of a rabbit hole actually but i didn't really put all of that in here because i just i don't know for many reasons uh maybe i'll talk about it more we'll see we'll see what i did actually choose to put in here so she drummed up a huge instagram following following after creating an account called i am madeline mccann when i first came across this account I actually took a screenshot. I don't know if you remember, and I posted it in Patreon. Mm -hmm. 
The account at that time had 1 million followers. Um, I do believe that it's been since like taken down. And the whole time, or the whole thing has ultimately turned into a disappointing mess. The DNA results revealed that Julia is not Madeline. She claims now that she never said she was Madeline McCain and used the sentence to create a nickname for an old Instagram account, which was a mistake, and now she apologizes for that. But ultimately, I cannot even imagine the old wounds that this opened up for the McCanns. No shit. Julia's parents are hoping they can get their daughter the help she needs. She has a new Instagram account um, where there are new issues being brought up, like with the self-professed psychic called Dr. Fia Johansson, who involved herself in Julia's case um, kind of as her spokesperson. And I kind of seemed like it was being done for potential fame herself. Um, But all in all, I think that she needs to just get out of the headlines at this point because I'm not even putting her new Instagram in here. I did like check it out and I don't know. I don't know. That's just all I'm going to say about that. Fair enough. So older cases being brought to attention can definitely be helpful at times. Um, I do think so, right? Like, cause it, maybe people remember something or, or trigger something, right? Oh, definitely. No, it's, it's better to keep, um, stories alive. Yes. hundred percent. But in the right way. In the right way. Yeah. Uh, not for personal gain or emotional gain or anything. It's, I mean, it's not a story for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not something for you to gain from. To be fair, I mean, yeah, of course, news media, podcasts, we, there is monetary gain from it in certain aspects. However, to sit here and say, I'm going to claim to be a potentially missing child or deceased individual and gain Instagram fame for it, and that is your motive? Like, what the yeah. fuck? And see, I'm not even like, you never know what is going on in a person's mind. Like, like she maybe did help, need help. She maybe did believe that she actually was. Um, I know she was trying to figure out some, some of her past stuff and I know she did have some trauma in her past. Mm -hmm. So, but still like that is, I mean, that's just, oh, like something you can't just be like apologize for later because just the amount of, of, um, oh shit that it just brought up probably for so many people is, is really, really gross. I honestly think that that should be going into something like identity theft or fraud as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, um, there's no shortage of information out there in regards to this case. So if you're interested in more in March of 2019, Netflix released an eight part docuseries that's titled the disappearance of Madeline McCain. It did renew a lot of interest in the case, but as I've said, there's unfortunately still no clear answers of what happened to Madeline. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, the fact she's just a three-year-old little girl. Well, she's basically almost four, but still. Oh, that is too young. Hopefully she's much older now. Yeah. Hopefully she's still around and she's she's uh, older than that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we're about to do a post show on um, on Patreon and there's a, there's a list of just the theories and some of them do potentially involve her still being around. So yeah, we're going to dive into those. Yeah. We usually do a pre-show where we're talking a little bit of stuff. And, uh, so a post show is a little bit different for us. We're going to give a shot, see how it works out. So Mm -hmm. 
head on over, check it out. If you want to take a look, the link is down in the description below. You can follow that link, hit us up on Patreon, you can check out all the social medias if you want, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. And they're all about to start getting uh, a lot more content putting up here pretty quick. A little more traction. Yeah. Uh, that was a good episode though. I mean, I really do feel for Madeline and I also feel for the ugly blonde man too. Oh my gosh. And the parents. And the parents. The parents for some reason just like break my heart a little because I just, I mean, we don't have kids, but just the thought, like, I mean, they say like what, when you have a kid, it's like your heart's almost living outside your body, right? And then that's just being taken away. Like, how do you even survive? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's, think of it like um, that movie Dragonheart. Remember that old movie back in the day, Dragonheart? The dude needed like to survive. So he went to the dragon, uh, the king or something like that, got a piece of his, the dragon's heart to put in his son mm -hmm. to let him survive. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they, they shared a heart. So the only way to kill one was to kill the other. Oh, so in the okay. movie, he's like getting stabbed in the heart. And as he's, the son's getting stabbed later on, like the oh, dragon's gosh. feeling the pain. And yeah. Oh. Well, I lost honey today for about five minutes and I lost, was losing my shit. Yeah. So our dog, honey, <laughs> our dog. Yeah. She, no, she wasn't raging over the pantry. She, she oh my gosh. Honey. Our, yeah. If you're new here, we have a dog named Ripley and honey and honey is an asshole that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she kind of is. I'm actually a little pissed at her today. She gets out of the yard occasionally. No, which she is, doesn't. Which is a husky thing. She doesn't though. She gets out of the yard only when Ben's not here. So it's just all me. <laughs> And um, usually, like, I notice right away, and then I call her, and she comes back. And today, she didn't come back right away, and I kind of lost my shit a little, actually. She came back. It was just a little longer. She was a little bit farther away this time. Yeah. She's a brat. She is a brat, but she's cute, so it's okay. She makes up for it. My apologies for calling her dog an asshole. <laughs> You're not sorry at all. <laughs> she also abuses our animals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyone that would know me, like, what, abuse them with, like, too many hugs and kisses? Yeah, you hug them too tight and you strangle them. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. just obsessed with them. I can't love them enough. They're so cute. Look at them right now. I know. They're perfect. <laughs> they're well, not perfect. Like, 99%. Yeah. Kiwi's perfect. <laughs> the cat. The dogs, I don't know. Their life is a little rough. <laughs> Holy heck. Okay, on that note, thank you so much for being here and listening. And uh, until next Tuesday. Um, until next Tuesday when I'm finally getting the case that I've been working on for a little while. Ooh, yeah. Until, until then. Stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.